role, uh, 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 job to fulfill, which is to provide a need, supply a need. So if there is no need for him to fulfill, if there's no room for him, there's no need for him to be there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Healthy Professional Podcast, the podcast where we help men become the best version of themselves. I'm your host, Tremaine, and today we have a good episode. We have a wife, mother, marketing strategist, and a woman who has helped other women become better wives in their lives. With that being said, welcome, Shamika Dean. How are you? I am awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. It's no problem. I I know we've been kind of waiting to have this, and and I definitely wanted you to be on the podcast. So um, I'm grateful to have you uh, on today. So today I, I want to get into uh, a little bit about your backstory of Shamika Dean before we actually get into content. So give the people a little bit about uh, who you are and and what kind of led you to where you are now. Well, I am a country Southern girl from a little town in Arkansas, population 4,100. Um, I married my husband and we he was military, so we relocated to Clarksville, Tennessee, where, you know, there's a base right across the street, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, been here since 08. And how I got where I am today um, I was fired from my job, um, <laughs> unexpectedly, of course, <laughs> and it was unexpected and as far as when it happened, but I did, you know, see it coming because God mm-hmm. told me to leave the job two years prior. I was afraid, thought it was the, thought it was the devil and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, And so I stayed on the job two more years. I ended up getting promoted without having to be interviewed for the position. So clearly I thought it was the devil at that point, right? Mm -hmm. I was making more money than I'd ever made in, you know, leadership role. I love the position, love what I was doing. And suddenly all H-E double hockey sticks broke loose, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, uh, from being, written up when I never made any mistakes the entire five years I was on the job. I was written up, suspended, just everything that could go wrong went wrong in both my professional as well as my personal life. Uh, My husband and I had divorced. Mm. Um, I was into car accidents in less than a month, suspended from a job. Wow. You name it, everything that I was caught in the tornado that year, like everything that possibly could have went wrong. Uh, in 2012 went wrong and uh, you know when you get in those hard moments it's when you really find out what's within you and who Mm -hmm. you really truly trust and so um, again after being fired I applied for so many jobs no one would hire me I mean I wouldn't even get I didn't even get a call back man I was just like what (laughs) is going on you know like Mm -mm. a hundred applications and not one call not one person said come in for an interview so then a friend invited me to a bible study and there was an apostle there and you know he gave me this word and said hey you keep looking for jobs God said that you're going to build your own company and I 
under my breath, I called the man a lying prophet because (laughs) (laughs) there was no way, you know, God was going to use someone like me with no business background, no experience, nothing to sell to build a business. And um, the lie detector, you know, determined that I was the one, you know, that was uh, in denial. I won't say lying, but I was in denial. And that's, you know, how I got where I am today. Um, Those uncomfortable places, I believe, are what really catapult us into our destiny. Wow. Wow. And, you know, and the funny thing I read, uh, I read on you, but I didn't get that story. (laughs) So so it's interesting to hear that. Um, You know, the funny thing before I even had you on, I remember telling somebody, I said, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have the woman named Shamika Dane. They said, they said, Shamika Dane, she's the one with the story. I said, what story? She's like, she's the one that said that she was like, got fired from her job. I'm like, you know, Shamika Dean. She's like, she's like, yeah, I could tell you more about her than, than you could tell me about. I'm like, well, listen, you know. So, I mean, I see that you're inspiring, you, you know, you inspire women with that story. Um, and, you know, this is honestly my, you know, this is my first time hearing it. Um, so I want to ask you, what, what was you doing? You know, what job was that that you got fired from? I was in um, at a credit union and I was um, an assistant manager in the customer service department. So I had tons of, you know, I had like 10 years of customer service experience because I did customer service pretty much my entire career with the exception of a few odd jobs here and there. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I was doing. It was really, like I said, it was a great position. I loved what I was doing. I was growing rapidly in the company. So it was not my plan for my life, right, was right. to go up the corporate ladder as like the first Shamika, right, and uh, as a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. That was my, but building someone else's dream, right? Mm-hmm. Um but just like I said, God has a funny way of showing us what's really in us, right? So I had to give up my plan for his promise. And um, I'm now the CEO of my own company. So, you know, but I could have held on to that plan and really not been making the impact in the lives of the people that I've been able to make all over the world. Right, right. Right. And 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 that's absolutely fascinating. So lead, so lead me, lead, lead me through it. Okay, so... You had all that happen. You got in the car accidents. Um, you know, you 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 went to church and and you got a you know what they call a revelation, right? For the people, uh, you got a revelation of what you where you're going to move next. So I want you to lead me through it. So when you found out that you want to, I guess, start a company, mm-hmm. what 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 was the things that you decided to do? That you know, what what was the the idea? How did you get the idea that you got? And then how? You know, what was the process of you trying to launch that? The apostle first told me about, you know, God saying I was going to start my own company. Uh, I still didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. So, of course, I had to go to prayer. And basically, I asked, said, hey, you know, who am I to start a business? I don't have anything to, to, to sell. Who's going to buy for me? I don't know where to start. All of those questions that I believe probably every entrepreneur has right right so he said tell your story and the story was about my husband and I divorcing and remarrying because no one knew about except for our friends and you know family members so it really started with a post on social media and I just 
quickly shared, you know, that my husband and I had divorced and God restored our marriage. And I had a flood of inboxes and people wanting me to come to speak and tell my story and women wanting to know how it happened and, um, you know, people, women in the same situation or were in a position where they were hoping for restoration in their marriage. So started out with speaking, and from speaking I started doing some sessions, you know, some mentorship sessions. I built a course, um, Position Yourself to Be a Wife, and then I wrote the book. So some people do it opposite. They write the book first and then create the program or the course afterwards. But I actually created the program first, and then I wrote the book later. And the book just went crazy with testimonies and, um, you know, just sales and all of those things. So I started out actually as a relationship coach. And one of the things I realized when I was coaching women on relationships is that many mm-hmm. of them were idolizing their marriage and the identity of just simply being a wife that they found their purpose and their identity in that. However, God had a purpose for them before they became wives or mothers. And so they wanted it so bad because they didn't know who they were. And that's how I started purpose coaching. And purpose coaching turned into turning your purpose into profit, so making your purpose pay you, Mm -hmm. And and then business coaching. So there was was literally like a domino effect. You know, um, as you're building your business, you just identify other areas that you can expand, grow, and evolve, and also help others to do the same. And so that's how the journey started. Okay, okay. And I do 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 want to um, share some light because, as people may may know, uh, I'm, I'm I'm switching over to men because I know that there's a discon- uh, there's disconnect I think especially in the black community of uh, you know black men and black women coming together to be married. So so one question I do want to ask you is that you know what was one of the things that noticed that women were wanting from men that was out of the single women or even the married women that they wanted from men that they felt like they were not getting uh, in order to have a successful relationship. I believe one of the biggest things with women. Uh, the, the problems with, you know, men is that women, we are naturally nurturers. We know how to love and we know how to show love in a sense, right? But one of the problems is that the, the men knew how to provide and protect because that was their way of showing love, but it wasn't the way the woman received love. So, you know, women were still feeling very neglected emotionally, uh, you know, that 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 mental and emotional support was a missing component. And again, it's not that men, I don't feel like it's that they don't know how to love. I feel that they don't know, hadn't studied or learned how to love that woman the way that she received love. And so that was one of the things that I had to help a lot of women understand first you know, understanding how you receive love, right? Are you showing yourself that love first? And then are you clearly communicating not just your, not your expectations, but are you clearly communicating how you receive and feel love without the attitude? You get what I'm saying? So a lot right, of times, right. you know, the frustration of, you know, he's not paying me any attention. So, but are you communicating to him? This is how 
or what makes me feel loved, right? So when you do these things or when you don't do these things, I feel unloved. So just really the art of communication is one of the biggest things, but being able to, under, you know, explain that and also understanding that the love you want, it, it actually starts with you loving yourself that way first. Okay, okay. Um, because I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you follow, there's, there's a lot of the uprise of, um, you know, you got people like Kevin Samuels and the roommates. You got a lot of guys who are coming out and they are expressing, uh, I guess some sentiment from men. So yeah, now I want to ask this. Do you, um, with the, with the single women, what do you feel like was the disconnect of why maybe they wasn't getting, um, married or, yeah, yeah, if they were getting married or I, I, it seemed like, you know, as I watched content of women who said they'd been engaged but they wasn't accepting, um, wasn't accepting the, they were accepting the engagements but they wasn't going through the marriages. So what do you feel like is the disconnect and do you feel like maybe it had to do with women's standards or uh, maybe there's a disconnect of like uh, standards or things not being met on why we're not getting married or those who are single who weren't getting married? I believe that everything is internal before it's external, right? So although a woman may have standards, there's nothing wrong with refusing to settle, right? There's nothing wrong with that. The reality when it comes to a lot of uh, relationships or, you know, some women in, in that space is that sometimes there is an internal fear, right? That fear could be a fear of being vulnerable, losing control, having your heart broken again. And so what I have seen is that women set a level of standards that are unable to be met because the reality is there is a spirit of self-sabotage. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, 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 and it's funny that you say that because um, I think there's, there, there, there's, like I said, been, uh, uh, you know, like this growing epidemic of, of people, you know, where, like I said, you got people like Kevin Samuels and you got the, the other end of like how women, how women, um, are, you know, like I said, are trying to decide on, um, how they're going to, you know, get their relationships. But so, so it's one thing that you said, uh, when you said that women have these standards that are not been, been met. So there was actually a study done. Um, they, they interviewed about, you know, well, they surveyed about 300 men, 300 women. So the question was asked was, if your partner had about 80% of what you wanted, would you be happy? Would you be good with that? The men, of course, said yes. The women said no, they won't settle. So it seems like we've been having this growing epidemic of women saying, oh, I won't settle, I won't settle. And um, I guess maybe I, I feel like maybe the settlement has to do with, it seems like it has to do more with financial than it does with anything else. It has nothing to do with, like, actual relationship stuff. Um, it seems like it's been more of, like, ambition. So I, I got a good question for you. So do you feel like when women say that they, that they won't settle, because I think there's a mis a misconception that is a man and ambition has to deal with his income. Whether mm-hmm. you, because there might be a guy who might make $50,000, but he actually has a pretty good position. He's actually in a corporate. Um, I have a friend who makes 50000 He's actually in a corporate position. But there's a lot of women who feel like they will settle for him and might not feel like he has ambition just because he's making 50000 even though that might not be reflecting of his actual ambition. So do you feel like ambition um, 
ambition and income goes hand in hand? I believe that it is more about the character of the person. So ambition is is great. I believe that if you are willing to work with the person, right, if you can see the ambition, not the potential, not just potential, because everyone has potential, but it's what you do with the potential that matters, right? So outside of the ambition, looking also at the true character of, you know, of this man. Does he possess the character trait to be a good husband, not just a good person, because that's also a difference. So even when I was teaching relationship coaching, I would ask them, I said, stop asking the 50 questions or the 10 questions that you can Google. Stop asking those questions. Ask them questions that will reveal their character, right? Um, Mm-hmm. asking them questions about relationships that they've had, not just with their exes, because everyone's relationship with their exes, they're an ex for a reason, right? But what relationship do they have with the women in their life that they truly care about, their children, their mother, their grandmother? How do they respond to women on the Internet, right? Do they use degrading language, when mm-hmm. it comes to women in general, that's character. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. If you call a woman out of her name that you see on the Internet, at the right moment, in the right situation, you'll call me out of my name too. Right, if you right. disrespect your mom, if you disrespect your grandmother, if you disrespect the old lady, you know, in the store, that's a character issue. So... Beyond ambition, beyond potential, what is their character saying, right? So even when it comes to ambition, are they so ambitious that nothing else matters but what they're pursuing? Okay. When it comes, okay. You, get, you get what I'm saying? Because, because here's the thing about ambition can be funny as well. If, are they only ambitious about achieving their own goals? Because if that is their primary concern, if that is what's most important to them, you are also going to get put on the back burner. Right, right. So those are the types of things that I suggest looking for because, again, it's more than just how much money he can make. Because another thing about money is money, it doesn't change who you are. It just expands upon who you are, right? It doesn't change who you are. It really just reveals the reality of what was already inside. Is he so ambitious because he is trying to find his identity in his bank account? So those are the types of questions I would say. Those are the things that really matter. Okay. So but do you think that money is important? And do you think that actually plays a part in how women choose their guys because of money? I would say that it plays a part. Because when a woman looks at the finances, it screams security and safety, right? right? And so when when women are looking, you know, in their mates, they're not necessarily always looking for some, some women may, but in most cases, they're not looking for someone to validate or um, complete them. They're looking for someone that they can be safe and secure with. And that's just one of those security measures. Right, right. And, and you know, so like I said, um, you know, there there's surveys done when women normally ask, you know, 
how much of the bill they normally want to be paid um, and, or, or pay, and they normally don't want to pay more than 60 to 70% of the bill. So, you know, we know that finances do play a part. You know, of course, like you said, they want security. So but that's one thing I have noticed that, um, that I, I uh, you know, it's going to lead to a question I want to ask you. So I did, I did notice that, you know, when we were talking about gender roles and stuff like that, we talked about this on Clubhouse. Uh, they talked about gender roles and, um, Women are still wanting traditional things from men, right? You still want a man to provide. You still want him to take care of the day. You know, whereas some people will say chivalry's dead, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle, he made a joke. He said chivalry's dead and women killed it. Um, so so they still want a lot of traditional things modern women do. do. But then why uh, – this is what I want to I ask you. Why do you think women actually have a problem? Because the very moment you name traditional things that women have, like submissiveness and all this stuff – they uh, they have a problem with that. So why do you believe that they want things from they want traditional roles from men, but they don't want tradition? They have a problem with traditional roles as being women. So do you think it's truly that they have a problem with tradition, or do they have a problem with how tradition has abused and belittled women in that aspect? Because um, you you get because here's the thing. When it comes to tradition or when it comes to submission, first of all, submission has been greatly abused, misused, mistaught. So it's been, uh, has a negative connotation to it. But here's the thing. A woman doesn't have a problem submitting when she feels safe or secure. Women are naturally softer when they can trust you, when they feel safe, when they feel secure. Submission is not a problem. So the problem is when submission has been mistaught, misrepresented, misused, that's when tradition becomes, I'm sorry, submission uh, becomes a problem. And this is from personal experience and also with the women that, you know, that I've taught, I've coached, that I've mentored, right? When, when there is a position of security violated, that woman goes into self-preservation mode. So it, it, it's hard okay. for her to be soft. So, you, you, so, you see what I'm saying? Right. So, um, so you know, because one, one of the things of is the, you know, what you said, that you said that there's been an abuse. Now, I, I will surmise that many women who are, are you know, choose to, you know, will say that have never really truly gone through it. I think, you know, because there's, a, a, there's, there's something called collective identity where, you know, when when one or uh, a few women have experienced it, the group feels it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think I think there's of course there's always going to be abuse on both levels on either way. But I think um, I see that a lot of women what that what that'll happen is it's never happened to them. I don't think it happened in a large scale. I think there's a, a, a small you know like small percentage. It's almost like when we talk about, like, mass shootings, right? So we could say that that person killed a lot of people, right? But it was only one guy, and it doesn't happen very often, right? It's, it's not – compared to the amount of killings or, you know, the killings in the United States, you, you look at it on the, on, on the Internet, you're like, dang, it's a lot of shootings, a lot of killing. But when you go outside, it ain't like it's a war outside. So I think mm-hmm. that's – you know, we, we have this natural tendency that we hear stories and, we and you know, and they're audacious and they're, they're just terrible – but they make it seem like there's just men out here just whooping women from left and right. But it's normally just one or, you know, a few guys who are whooping multiple women. <laughs> and it's not so many men who are doing it. It's normally 
one or two, if you want to say it, like one out of one out of thirty. But that dude was with ten different girls, and he's just whooping out every girl that he he meets. So he's leaving a bad imprint for all the other men who actually don't do it. Right, and I, you know, I believe that maturity understands that. You know, maturity knows that not all men want to abuse or have abuse submission. Um, there is, there are a lot of women who, even if it hasn't been in a relationship with a man where submission was abused, it could have been in the household where submission was abused. It could have been in ministry where submission was abused, right? So it, it doesn't mean that it always has happened in a relationship, but for you to be able to relate, like you said, collectively, there is some commonality. So there has been some kind of experience, even it was even if it was indirect, they've seen it exhibited in some form or fashion, right? So for me, I'll say for me, for an example, I did not see submission abuse as far as my relationship, right? I didn't have that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not see it with my mom. My mom didn't have my problem, have that problem, but my grandmother did. And my great-grandmother right. did. And I also saw it in ministry, you know, as I was in church. So, again, it did happen to me directly, but indirectly I still witnessed it. And so it does taint that image or it puts you, like I said, in self-preservation mode where you're saying, I'm not going to allow that to happen to me. So, for me, I ended up becoming very dominant in my relationship mm-hmm. because it was a, a defense mechanism to protect myself from being abused in the form of submission. It caused a lot of problems, but it was also because I had an um, a warped perception of what submission really is and what it really looks like and how to submit, you know, in a safe place, in a safe way, um, and understanding what it really meant. So if someone is still dealing with those those wounds or they haven't healed or they do not understand the reality of what submission is and how it looks like when it's done the right way, then that knee-jerk reaction to preserve or protect yourself is it, still going to be there. Okay. Okay, yeah, because, uh, you know, as as I, I, as I've seen, I see that, you know, this, this idea, especially like we got uh, so many independent, you know, so-called independent women, who feel like they don't they don't need a man or anything like that, but you notice that that mindset um, I is very destructive, and I, I can see that you know even it, it, when you when you see so many men who will talk about you know even there's white men you know if you watch uh, there's there's a lot of white men who will say you know this independent mindset is is ruining because um, ruining the relationships because women with identities of of saying that they don't want. I guess they've seen so many abusive relationships to the point where they don't feel like they'd be submissive or, you know, and, and or even taking on masculine traits that right. men are not attracted to. And even these women are so confused because they realize when they say, I'm going to work on myself, actually working on things that not that men are not truly attracted to. So when we talk about why, you know, if I, I'll just talk for our community since we're, you know, we're both black right now. Why black men and black women are not getting married, I think a lot of times it's because women are taking on, they're saying they're working on them because they may have bad relationships because they've been picking horribly, but they're, they're, they're taking on traits that they think that men like, mm-hmm. but men truly don't like. Especially, you, you know, a lot of women are trying to be boss babe, this is boss babe culture, 
and they think that that's what men like, boss babe culture. And what comes with boss babe culture is a independent, I don't need masculine uh, mentality where they think that their careers and stuff is going to play a part in getting chosen as a wife. And men don't, it's, we don't, it's nice. Okay, if, you, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's like, oh, cool. You know, it's a different mindset where when a woman's an entrepreneur, you know, the, the homeboy, you go, oh, yeah, man, she owns her own fitness business. They'll be like, what? That's cool. Like, it, it ain't a big deal. But mm-hmm. if a woman tells her girl, oh, girl, he got two business, successful, six-figure, seven-figure business, they make much of a bigger deal than, than men will do. Right. So that's one thing that I, I see as a disconnect where um, we've, we moved over to this body uh, culture because men are still wanting to get married. But um, I don't think men necessarily have changed. I feel like we probably got more, a little bit more sexual because of, like, you know, social media. Um, and then, you know, you got things like porn. But I don't think men have changed, but women definitely have changed. Well, that's why I actually have men are – women are wanting traditional roles from men, but men are not getting the traditional things from women. Right. So uh, one of the things that – uh, even when I wrote my book, Position Yourself to Be a Wife, I talked about that I don't need a man mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I explained to the women is that when there's no room for him, he has no need to be there. So here's mm. the thing. When women, when, you know, men were created, when we go all the way back to Adam and Eve, he was, you know, told to go tend, you know, to the animals and all of those things. He had a a need to fulfill, Right. And so men um, need to be needed, not in the sense that I am nothing without you, not in that sense, not in that sense mm-hmm. that I don't matter without you, but they have been created with an innate role, uh, 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 job to fulfill, which is to provide a need, supply a need. So if there is no need for him to fulfill, if there's no room for him, there's no need for him to be there. You get what I'm saying? So I've always told and taught women, you know, that you don't, to need help doesn't, doesn't invalidate you. It doesn't diminish your value. It literally is just like letting someone fulfill their God-given assignment, their duty, their purpose, right? Right. And so if you keep saying, I don't need a man, then he has no need to be there, so he's not going to be there. So right. words, you know, we have to be careful because we get, we just literally begin to prophesy our own lives and we attract what, you know, we send the words out, they bring back to us what we say. So if you're saying, I don't need a man, guess what? He's not going to be there because there is nothing there for him to do, period. Right. So... And even if I can't do it by myself, it doesn't make me weak because I allow somebody, someone else to, to help me, right, or to, to do that. So it's just like if you have a car, and I remember Steve Harvey uh, talking about his mom, his story about him wanting a new car. He had been working hard for it. And he said his old car was still sitting in the spot on bricks. And his mom, he said every time he would mention to his mom that he was working and he was about to get a new car, she said, um, your old car is still sitting out there on bricks. So he didn't really, you get what I'm saying? He didn't really understand mm-hmm. it. So finally he said, why do you keep saying that? And she said, because if you want something, you have to make room for it. Mm. Right. So mm. in the same, you know, in, in that same um, context is that 
it, it works the same way with, you know, with marriage and with a husband. His, his job is to fulfill a need. And so when you keep telling him you don't need him, you, what you're basically saying to him is there's nothing here for you to do. Right, right. So he does it. Nothing but a, a, a wallet and a dog track. Yeah, you know, and and so, again, because that's their makeup, that's how they were created, they go where they are needed. So i got a good question for you. All right. So uh, there's this thing where, um, and I, I want you to explain this to me, because I think, you know, since you being a woman, you, 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 you got a lot of insight with it. So there's this thing of, that I hear all the time where they'll say, uh, where, you know, maybe a woman is on her grind, she's doing her thing, and I, I know even for you where you've grown your business, one thing that I, I see a lot of women uh, mindset they adopt is uh, that they'll say that, they're, especially if they're chronically single, they'll say that, um, that me, they think that men are intimidated by them. What do you what What do you believe that those women are saying when when they say that? I do. Some men are. I mean, let's just call the thing a thing. Some men are intimidated, but those are the men who don't know their identity, right? They so they. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So there are some men that are intimidated, and I do believe that. I don't believe all men are intimidated by a woman who is successful. I just I just simply don't. That's just not true. Um, so if so, that is – So, so let me ask you this real quick. So, and, and so when you say, all right, you believe, yeah, believe some men are intimidated, and I, I agree with that. Some men become very uh, – they feel emasculated. In what ways do you believe that those men are showing that they are intimidated? Like, you know, give me some examples of some actions that they might, and uh, you believe they inhibit that will show that uh, they believe they're uh, intimidated by those women or intimidated by women, whoever becomes successful. Hmm. That's a good question. I believe that the reaction, the reality is always revealed you know, in, in their actions and, in, you know, oftentimes in their words. When you categorize uh, a particular group of women into and you put that group of women in a box, and so you say that, like, for example, if you say, um, I don't want a woman who has, you know, who has her own business or I don't want a woman, you know, who has her own money because she X, Y, Z, right, then that shows that that's simply an intimidation factor. Because every woman who owns her own business, who makes her own money, does not have the mentality that she doesn't need or doesn't want a man. So that right there, I believe, is a clear indication that there's just a level of intimidation or they have had a bad experience, you know, with a woman uh, that had her own money or owned her own her own business. Um, anytime if a man is in is consistent, consistently diminishing, uh, a woman in that in the in a position of authority. That's an intimidation factor. Those things are all internal. They just show up externally, right? So I believe that when there's again a negative connotation or um, a bias um, or something that is literally just prejudice based on a group of women just because they are business owners, that that screams intimidation. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, okay. I, and I, I see I see exactly where you're coming from. Um, and, and, and one thing that I want to add is I believe that uh, men who, you know, when, when they say that a man is intimidated, I think for a lot of, I think a lot of reason, I think it's, it's a, a man's way. I think there's things that she, she starts to add to her plate that he doesn't, that feels like he's getting replaced. Or right. he doesn't feel like he's having his woman. And so it kind of angers him because now it's like, we know that a natural, I think a natural instinct, and I don't know if we can both agree on that, is, is that, uh, is that normally when a woman, and a lot of times, and I know it's different for you, but a lot of times in a lot of cases you see that women who earn, they normally either want to pressure their men to be, or they feel like now that, so they're the breadwinner, I, I, you know, that they start to kind of feel that they are empowered to, um, they feel like they're in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And it, it angers it might it anger a man because he feel like I I don't care how much money you're making I'm still a man and she she feels like that now that she's gotten somewhere or she's going somewhere she feels like she's going she's going beyond him mm-hmm. and now feels like she's better than him and I think that's a lot of the situations when when a man might show some anger it's not because he says I feel I'm intimidated by you but I feel like you are exhibiting traits. Um, you're exhibiting, you're exhibiting traits that trying to show that you're superior and I, I, that, that role shouldn't be on your plate. I get it. You're doing your thing, but I still, I still want to feel like I can, like you said, the independent mindset, I don't need a man. So, uh, and it's that I can make decisions and a woman can then lose a little respect. She might still love him. Mm-hmm. But she can lose. She, she, some women, I believe, can lose a little respect to the to the point where she can. Where's that? That's just like the idea of the cooperation and submissive part. Where she feel like she could talk back just because she's making business moves. And he's like, I get it, but I'm, I, I get you're doing your thing, but that don't mean you gotta override me. Right. I believe that when it comes to certain situations, um, you know. Is he feeling intimidated or insecure because he's not really giving his all, right? Mm-hmm. Because that could be the case as well. When because if you're because think about it, like for instance, not let's not even think husband and wife, just people in general, right? Okay. We, we all grew up in the same town. We went to the same school, had an opportunity, same education. Da 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 da. One person gets out of the hood, the other person stays in the hood. Then the other person in the hood starts to believe that you think you're better than them <laughs> because you you get don't no, seriously because you, because we came from the same place but I'm not I'm no longer in the same place yeah. and so the same opportunities are presented but you don't take advantage of those opportunities because you're comfortable standing in this place so so then it, the the language is we begin to self project right the language is oh you think right. you're better than us. Because you have more money. You think you're better than us because you went to college, because you got a degree. The reality is I made better choices. That's simply the difference, right? I made better choices, so I have mm-hmm. better results, right? And so, and so what I have seen is in a lot of cases, instead of the men simply saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling insecure, I'm feeling intimidated because I haven't done what I know I could do, so I'm still stuck in this place. And now the fear comes there because, as I was saying earlier, because a man is created to provide, now he's like, well, she no longer needs me, 
and she can pretty much leave at any time she wants. She can pretty much have, you know, probably somebody else that's doing what she's doing or doing better than I am. Lost in control. Lost yeah, in control. so yeah. I'm losing, so now I'm losing control, right? So what happens is instead of me saying, man, let me get up and get my stuff together, you know, instead of the man saying, let me get up and get my stuff together, I have to make you feel like you're trying to leave me. I can make you feel like the problem is you when internally the problem is really in me, but I'm not willing to face that, so now I'm going to self-project. So that happens in many cases um, with a woman where I've learned, because I have, you know, I had failed in this area, too. I had to go back and just like, man, you really did not even include him on the journey, right? Right. So right. it's like, yes, he's going to feel some kind of way. Yes, it's going to, uh, you know, strike up if there are any insecurities. It's going to ignite that fire, you know. If I go and I don't know anything about, you know, he doesn't know anything about what's going on. You're not sharing. You're on the journey. You're doing all these new things. He's not included. So, yes, that is going to increase or ignite, you know, some kind of um, ignite the fire, I say, because the insecurities will already be there. But right. it, it can increase, you know, and ignite the fire to the insecurities. And so um, there is a lot of – there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of growth that has to happen, you know, in those in those situations. And at the, in the same sense, though, you cannot make yourself responsible for someone else's insecurities because that's internal work that no matter how much you love, share, all those things, you can't heal that. That is a work that has to be done internally. So you can be supportive. Mm-hmm. You can communicate. You can include them, right, on the journey. And if you're a team, which, you know, husband and wife are, they are teams, then that is important, right? So if I'm the CEO and I don't let the COO know anything and I'm out here making decisions and moves, the COO going to feel some kind of way, you know, because what are you doing, right? It, it, it begins to really build a trust factor um, or a break, you know, break that trust in, in a sense. Because now at one point you're including me on everything, but then the next time, you're you're not including me on anything. So I don't know anything that's going on. So that's why communication is so vitally important when there's a change, when there's growth going on. Um, you know, keeping that line of communication open is vitally important. Okay, okay. And I and I and I, and I love your perspective. I love your perspective on it. So uh I, I wanna ask you this because uh you know, I know we're a little bit on this topic or not, but um, so so social media because if, you know, I think social media has played definitely a dynamic. It's it's definitely shrunken the uh, I say it's shrunken the demographic between people. So um, you know, then of course you already know that I, I believe that social media is allows us to or gives us this keeping up with the Jones mentality, right? Putting pressure on you to look your best, to be mm-hmm. your best, and to project your best. Do you feel like that plays a role in relationships, um, and uh, I'll say to the detriment or even the better of relationships? How do you feel about that? As far as what's being portrayed on social media? Yeah, so let's just say, like, uh, let's say, okay, let's say with the dynamic of, you know, when, like, you know, we got the growing population of entrepreneurs, right? This is the entrepreneur era. Everybody want to be the chief. 
Um, and then, like I say, where you might have men who are, like, suitable men, but they necessarily don't want to be, I guess, this ambitious guy to start a business. They might be ambitious in their own right, but they're, they're not necessarily, like, they know their lane. They're like, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to do entrepreneurship because everybody wants to be a business owner. And mm-hmm. then you have a lot of women who are pursuing it and not being, you can be honest, because I think we all can be honest, we can see a lot of people who really ain't going to never have some success because they, they there's other things behind just starting the business right. and just starting the business. Uh, and a lot of people are in love with the idea and they're um, being with, you know, like I said, you might have a woman who might be with a man and just because she's supposedly on her journey of starting her business that, you know, like, you know, we, like you said, we, you already know you dealt with people. You're like, hey, you ain't going to the same for you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she might end up leaving her guy because she feel like she's on her journey. He's not. But but that's what I'm saying. Do you feel like social media has played a part and this this evolution of boss everything? And I'm not even just yeah. talking about from the from the female standpoint, but even for the male. Right. Absolutely. So you know, um, belief systems become birthing systems, and our belief systems are a combination of what we see and what we say. Right. So. If we are continuously allowing ourselves to see that type of behavior, it becomes what we start to say. And because we say it, we start to see it. So I believe social media, media period, uh, plays a huge part in what's going on in a lot of marriages and things like that. I do believe that Although the media impacts it, social media impacts it, there's a seed that had already been planted prior to that. And so social media and the media just waters the seed, and it continues to grow and get stronger and stronger, right? And so it, when there's a movement, people want to be a part of something because it gives them a sense of identity, a sense of, you know, um, belonging, acceptance. And so um, – if they've already kind of had an inkling of that anyway, they've already been looking at their husband sideways <laughs> before they started making money, and now you go on social media and you see all of this, yeah, it, it definitely impacts you because you literally become whatever you, again, see and what you're saying. So, yeah, it definitely impacts it. Right, right. And I, and I completely agree with you. So I want I want to shift gears because I know this one that, that um, you are now a – a, a, uh, because you moved on from from being, you know, I guess uh, where you're teaching wives and you're you're transitioning or have transitioned over to being a marketing solutionist. That's what I that's what I read as a title, a marketing solution solutionist. Mm-hmm. And you are basically, basically, uh, more like a business coach, correct? Right, right. I teach uh, business automation. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, from your experience. What do you feel like when you when you created this? What do you feel like business owner needed needed um, or need because you you like you said you're teaching business automation, so that means you've seen a, a market that uh, that business owners were struggling with. So when you decided to move towards that, uh, what, what what was your thought when you said, "All right, I, how can I help business owners?" And you feel did you feel like they were struggling with creating systems? So. What I realized, people were coming to me and they were saying, I want help, you know, building my business. 
or they were having inconsistent income in their business. So I know every person has some form of inconsistent income, but I'm saying like deeply fluctuating from month to month. So they may make $100 this month, and the next month they may make $4,000 or $5,000, right? So I was getting people that were coming to me, and they said, I need help, you know, building my business. And what I what I realized is that after I looked at their profiles and just kind of seeing what they had going on, the biggest biggest missing component was marketing. And a lot of people think marketing is showing up on social media, but marketing is really, to make consistent money, it really is about automating your systems, being able to easily replicate and duplicate, um, having a message that is concrete, and then being able to replicate and duplicate that moving yourself out so that you can really focus on your zone of, your you know, genius versus having to do all the, the little mundane things that can really be making money for you. So uh, that was what I realized that, number one, people, their messaging was, was not clear. It wasn't consistent. Uh, oftentimes they are on a platform that they may be getting clapped, but that's not where they're going to get their coins from. So, all of that, again, is a part of really creating that uh, an entire system. So knowing where your most profitable platform, what your most profitable platform is, what is the messaging that is actually making you money versus sometimes this messaging over here may be fun, but it's not really what's making you money. Um, and then freeing yourself up, giving yourself back that time while still making money behind the scenes. And so uh, those were the issues that people were coming to me with, and it just made sense. Uh, you know, for me to really help them understand the marketing aspect of it, but that marketing is just not about posting on social media. It really is a complete system. Right, right. Um, because even even for myself, you know, in the past, you know, this is saying where if you try to sell it for everybody, you end up selling to nobody. Absolutely. And and I'm pretty sure, like you, you like you said, you have people coming to you. And um, I, I had in the past, I used to try to be like that, especially with like fitness or anything like that. I, I will try to go for everybody, and you 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 get you the same things that so that's so vague that you you end up attracting the wrong person. Um, and I know that you know I, I, one thing I learned from Jalen Dumas, he says, finding your avatar. What's your avatar look like, right? Even. With um, the podcast, and up zeroing on who my who I want to be able to have as my avatar. What does he or she look like? Uh, how old are they? Um, and so that when I'm speaking the messages, I'm speaking the messages of directly who I want to talk to. And and uh, and so so I'm guessing because I remember um, you know I know people don't know who Terrell is. So I remember Terrell. He he was he was to me. He said, Oh yeah. Uh, I got Shamika Dean. She she coaching me because, you know, even for himself, he he wasn't necessarily zeroing in with his with his um, I guess business automations, mm-hmm. and he and he was telling me, um, and that's for the audience, how great you were with, especially putting the pressure on him. Right. He said he said I don't like it, but <laughs> he don't he don't like it. But he said she get me. She she definitely put put a fire underneath. Um, and make sure that I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> right, most definitely, because, you know, um, I know when I work with my clients, normally, to be honest, it takes one or two sessions. And for those who've been in business for a while, you know, who've been in business, those who are kind of new to it, it can take it can take longer. But when I go work with them for about one or two sessions, either VIP day or, you know, uh, a short four-week 
or something like that. Um, they get results rather rapidly because I can see what they don't see. Yeah. And so, you know, as soon as they align themselves with it, it takes off. And that's exactly what happened with, with him, right? He was just, he wasn't attracting his audience is, is what yeah. it was. And there was no clarity. There was no consistency. And so um, I have a way of really helping people to um, activate their authenticity, which really attracts a true audience. Um and then the automation part is easy. Once we hash out the messaging and we get you to really align yourself with your audience, the rest of it is easy. So, so was, was there ever uh, a, a, like I'll say this because I, um, you know, I, I know that it's all important, and I've, I've had multiple coaches on here, but but do you think it's extremely important? And I'm, I don't know if you have one. It's extremely important to have someone who's being where you are. Because I remember somebody said this because I, this kills me. And I, I talked to somebody who their birth, <laughs> their first business was a business coach. And I remember uh, I like what somebody said. They said, if, if your first business is coaching, like a business coach, you, you, it's a scam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so for you, how important was, I don't know if you ever got a, a, a coach or not, but if you did the coach, how important was that for you to catapult or, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when you are aligned with the right coach, acceleration happens. I believe that every coach needs a coach, every pastor needs a pastor, every mentor needs a mentor. Um, and oftentimes, what sometimes what I've seen is that most people don't really know what they need. And so they kind of get coaches that they like. But that's not always the coach that they need, right? Wow. And so I've seen that happen. It has happened to, to myself. And um, I also know that just because a person is gifted doesn't mean that they are called to teach it, right? So that's where some coaches mess up, too, because they're trying to teach it. If you're not a teacher, you're just simply not a teacher. If you're not a coach, you're simply not a coach. Just sell products, you know? Um, and to share your strategies, but some are just simply not that, but they get in that space. But I do believe, again, back to your question, that every person that is over someone else or teaching someone else something needs to be taught and continuously cultivated in that area. I have a coach right now. Uh, I had a coach back then. Um, when I first started, you know, when I first started in the program space, I hired a coach for that. When I was going to do something on Instagram, I hired a coach for that. The only thing, ironically, that I didn't ever have a coach for was marketing. <laughs> so that's the only thing. <laughs> um, but that's one of those things that I was absolutely naturally great at, right? And so I didn't need anyone to teach me how to do that part of it because I already was naturally great at it. However, even now, my coach, she teaches marketing, and so she does help me to fine-tune, you know, what I do. So if I'm doing something, I can always send it to her. And she'll look and say, yeah, well, you'll attract this audience if you do that. Because, again, there's some, although I'm great at it, there are some things that I can still miss. So I do believe that every person needs a coach, absolutely. So, so I want you to be real with me, okay? Mm -hmm. I want you to be 100% real with me. Have you okay. ever told anybody this ain't for you? Uh, as far as business? Yeah. So, like, you, because because I think I, I, even for myself, as I've had people I've talked to, and, you know, they, I, I, I've talked to them, and I'm like, 
I don't think this is for you because they, because they don't, they, they, I, I believe, especially in the development part, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to people and, and they really neglect the, they think they can remain who they are and they can just, and their money will just start flowing into their account like boom, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you actually ever told anybody you like, sweetheart, this is for you? Um, you might want to just go ahead and I have, put I in your 401k. And <laughs> I haven't said it in those terms, mm-hmm. um, just flat out, but I have always sent somebody back into the presence of God, um, <laughs> you know, to say what I suggest is that, you know, you really seek God's face and ask him if this is truly what you are purpose to do because there's a difference, right, in what's going right. to pay you and what your purpose to do. So I have, but not in those exact words. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I, you know, I, I, it's funny because you know, uh, you know, like I said, uh, well, the audience do know Terrell. They, you know, watch that. So, but I'm, you know, talking to Terrell. We'd be talking on the phone, and he's like, he said, "Bro, I had to tell somebody, hey, this, this is not for you." I'm like, "Look, it ain't for everybody." And I think we try to make it for everybody. And and this is where, like, why I started the podcast. Those healthy professionals. I think everybody that believes, you know, when they hear the word professional, they always think somebody who has to suit up. Right, like these, you 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 always got to suit up and get a photography done, you know, and you got to look like this just 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 super well, um, you know, like down, you know, dressy. But I'm a fitness professional. We don't dress necessarily dress dressy, right? It's normally some paint, some jogging pants, a shirt, move on, right? Right. So I think that a lot of people, um, you know, are think that they got to be like a business owner and stuff like that. The professionals is always in that arena, but it's like you can be fine with where you are with your job and, and then learn like financial things or things to invest in and then let that do do it. Everybody should start or can actually run a business. Some people are better. Some people are better as number six of Facebook rather than the one of Facebook because number six made more money than me and you and <laughs> a lot of other people combined. Mm-hmm. They made a lot right. of money, and as much sick. And uh, some people are better as uh, well, well, I forgot what uh, I forgot what uh, Bill Gates' guy, Steve Ballmer. He, somebody better as a Steve Ballmer, or even a assistant. But but allowing, but but just knowing that you knowing your strengths. If this ain't for you, be fine with that. Go ahead and do what you're professionally called. And then take that what you have and find a way to leverage it. You know what I mean? You don't have to. You don't have to try to take this risk because not everybody can be mentally there for it. Right. Absolutely. And I and I tell people that you know all the time. I've tried different structures. You know, in my business, some of them I'm I'm just like, nope, I will not do that again, like ever. You know. and there are some things that I I have been people have told me you should try this or you probably good at probably be good at that and I and I'm just like no because I already know what I'm great at right you know, so <laughs> you're not going to it's just like you know I'm a good background thing I can hold a good alto note and a tenor <laughs> don't put you right? on the front right but don't I'm not going to lead a song that's not where I'm anointed that's not what I'm gifted to do. So, no, don't put me on front because that's not me, right? So you just have to know where your strengths are and not allow people to move you out of that position. Um, 
because they don't see it. Because sometimes other people can't see your gift or they can't see it. So they'll, you know, they'll try to tell you what they think is best. That's okay. But if you know it, then you have to know it enough to stay in that position and just continue to grow and, you know, and evolve. Right. Like Grant Cardone, Brett Cardone said, if you know it, you'll flow it, man. But um, so let's let's go ahead and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this with this last question. Um, so, what are you doing now? This is something that I ask at the end of every podcast. So, what are you doing right now? Uh, in what ways are you taking care of your your body, your mind, and your spiritual needs? Oh, I'm a I take a vacation. Um, I have self care days planned in my calendar, just like I plan out my quarters and content and all of those things, that strategy. So a part of my business strategy is the self-care system. So I take, I schedule regularly scheduled me-cation, and that is me, no husband, no kids, no business, no nothing. It's me. Um, you know, in prayer, spiritual, being spiritually in tune with God through prayer, and sometimes I just sit in his presence. Don't say a word. Whatever he wants to say, I'm listening. Um, and I have a community of, you know, of support, both spiritually, uh, personal, and, um, well, not both, but spiritually, uh, personally, and professionally. So I have, you know, that support system as well. My husband uh, is a pastor. So, you know, I'm covered on all corners. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I am. And um, I'm thankful that I don't have friends that I have to pretend with um, that, even though I'm in a leadership position, I have, you know, uh, a you know, level of influence that I don't have to pretend. I can be weak before them if I'm in a bad space mentally, emotionally. If they say, hey, how you doing, I can say I'm not okay, right? Um, and so I think that's very important because a lot of us have pretend friendships, and I'm just not for it. Mm. Come on. <laughs> I was supposed to say, and I was just playing. <laughs> but speak your tongue. I had to get out the chair when she said that. So hold up. Did you say? Right. No. I'm, clip, I'm clipping this right here. I'm clipping this. <laughs> wanted to get into the podcast. No, we had those pretend friendships, you know, um, that we, we literally had pretended that the entire time. We can't be ourselves. We can't be weak. We can't show our flaws um, because we're afraid of being rejected or judged or any of that. Um and I had some of those friendships in my life, and I, I separated myself from that because I don't have time for it. Life is too short uh, to pretend. I love it. I love it. And so um, that is the, the you know, it for the podcast. Um, I think today you definitely dropped a lot of gems. I know we were speaking, speaking about relationships, but I think, you know, relationships for a lot of people, especially even people who are, you know, who, people who are professionals, we already know that that's that's the biggest part in our life, family, having someone that we can come home to, somebody we can smile with. Um, that, that affects us in, you know, in so many ways with how we want to move, especially having a support system that allows us to, you know, you know uh, excel in whatever we're doing. And so I love you definitely dropped a lot of value today. And so where can the people find you? I am on all social media platforms as Shamika Dean or Dr. Shamika Dean on Instagram. My website is ShamikaDean.com. My academy website is NextLevelBusinessAcademy.com. But, yeah, that's I keep it the same across the board. So 
Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So uh, if you are tuning into this uh, part, this podcast, definitely reach out to the uh, Shanika Dingan if you want to be able to talk to her. If you're a woman and you want to talk to her about relationships, or if you're a man um, and you want to be able to, uh, or both, want to speak to her about, you know, your business, uh, you know, this podcast is to help men uh, become better um, and become a healthier and more um, professional man. With that being said, thank you guys for tuning in.